You're listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to the sixth edition of the Next Checkpoint Podcast. I am your host, Connor Matthews, and today we've got, we've got quite a lot. It's been quite a quite a heavy releases day, actually. There's a lot of stuff coming out this week. Like, holy moly, looking through the release list, we've got a lot of great stuff coming out. And I've got a lovely little impressions of a particular Bobcat. So, before we get into all that, let's do a little bit of good old housekeeping. So, if you want to find out where my lovely vocal cords are, you can go to Omni. And Google Podcasts, our new home for the next checkpoint, Google Podcasts. Lovely little stuff there. And if you want to follow us on the socials, go check us out on the Facebooks at facebook.com forward slash the next checkpoint podcast. So we're going to start off with a bit of an impressions today. So I talked about this on Player One on Monday. So for some, it may be, uh, may not be new, but for listeners of the next checkpoint, it will be. So late August a particular game came out from a particular bobcat. Now, this particular bobcat is well known amongst the gaming landscape for being rather crap. And I'm talking about none other than Bubsy. So Bubsy came out in 1993, I believe, with Bubsy. I don't remember the subtitle of the game, but it came out on like the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis or Mega Drive and a bunch of other consoles. Same with Bubsy 2. Bubsy got most of his notoriety from Bubsy 3D, which is one of the worst games ever made today. And for about 21 years, he laid dormant. He laid silent. He was almost non-existent. Until one day, from the ashes, Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back released. And that game was also pretty terrible. So naturally, it would lead on to a sequel called... Bubsy Paws on Fire. So I'm going to do a bit of an impressions of this. I guess overall, this game is actually the best Bubsy game of all time, which really isn't saying much. Bubsy is, is uh, he's a character that's not known to have many great games. This may be the best one of them all. And it still makes me laugh at the fact that this game is his best. So what we got here is a side-scrolling runner platformer. So similar to the BitTrip series, yeah, specifically the runner games. I can I can talk today. I can really talk. But essentially, it is a runner game, nothing more, nothing less, with a bit of platforming. And instead of just playing as Bubsy, we get the privilege of playing as four different characters. Now, each with their own different abilities and sort of quirks to them. So Bubsy, he can pounce and glide. That's pretty much it. We have Virgil, who's kind of like the nerd of the group. He can slide and double jump, whilst the Wooly, which is probably one of the least interesting characters in the game, can just shoot lasers. Now, premise of this game, Bubsy and the Woolies have to work together. Now, I don't remember the particular villain's name off by heart, just because I haven't seen like the opening cutscene in a while, but essentially, the Woolies have asked for Bubsy's help. Now, Bubsy, he's acting like a bit of a dickhead, you know, just yucking it up, you know, being arrogant, being smarmy, as he usually is. So he reluctantly decides to help the Woolies. So currently, currently, I believe I'm close to the end game. I've probably played about three quarters, if not maybe the la- I'm up to the last little tenth of the game. So really not much to go by at this point of time. But 
from overall, it has been a very, very interesting experience. Once again, it is a runner platform and there's really not much to it. But the weird thing is that it's strangely satisfying to nail the combos. And it's just strangely satisfying that this game is coming from Bubsy. <laughs> That's kind of the weird thing. It's Bubsy. It's a game series that is historically done pretty poor. And somehow it's really gained a lot of, you know, traction from it. This uh, this released for consoles earlier in the year. I got the Switch version, which released on August 28th, I believe. So fairly recent Switch port of the game. So it's quite interesting in that regard. I do kind of... I do kind of hope we get to see more of this style because I do believe that this game can be a success, even though Bubsy himself is just one of the biggest memes there is in gaming. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the, the result of everything. It's just a meme. He was brought back as a meme and he's basically continued to live on his legacy as a meme. But essentially, yes, a runner platformer with some very satisfying jumping, actually, and even some quite difficult platforming. So... In each stage for each character, it slightly differs depending on the playstyle of each character. And also, you have uh, collectibles in the game. Obviously, you have the yarn, which has been a staple in Bubsy. And you have three pieces in each level, creating sort of a coin of the fourth character, who I don't know his name is, but he's an armadillo. So, once again, we don't see many armadillos in games, but now we get another one, which is fantastic. He does the bonus stages, basically go down a sort of like a trench, kind of, and you collect gems whilst trying to avoid obstacles like farts and slime, which is really weird. It's a really weird minigame, but hey, they do it. And essentially what, what you do is you reach to the end, you get a number of gems, and you can use those gems to carry on to uh, customization. This game does have a little bit of customization. Thankfully, no microtransactions. So it's pretty good. We got all that covered. So thank you, no microtransactions. So I'm happy with that. And overall, this game is quite solid. And hey, if you want Bubsy in a Hawaiian shirt, you can get Bubsy in a Hawaiian shirt. It's just that simple, guys. Bubsy in Hawaiian shirt, how can you say no to that? <laughs> so yeah, overall, pretty solid game, actually. And once again, the best Bubsy game I think we'll ever, 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 ever see. Ever. So who knows what the next game will be. And yeah, so that's kind of my overall Bubsy uh, pause on fire impressions. Once I beat the game, I will do a full comprehensive review. And now moving on to the news. Our top story, and this is a fun top story, KFC now has a dating sim. So the fast food chain will be working with developer PSYOP to create a dating sim titled I Love You Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good simulator. The game will be releasing on September 24th this year. In the game, you will play as a promising culinary student who's studying alongside a young Colonel Sanders while looking for love but you've got to make it through culinary school too. If you're lucky, Colonel Sanders might even take you on as a business partner. Of the nine characters, there's also a dog who is also a culinary school professor. Naturally. That's, that sounds fantastic. I am, uh, I am, I'm grossly intrigued by this, just because 
It was so out of the blue. Obviously, we got Dream Daddy, a dad dating sim, which was a fun and wholesome game. I think this is going to be very sim similar. I think this is going to be a very fun and wholesome dating sim where you can, you know, be a business partner of Colonel Sanders. How cute is that? And the game is coming out this week, which is fantastic. Coming out on uh, the 24th. So actually, no, next week, Monday next week, I believe. So that's that's actually kind of cool. We get to play as Colonel Sanders. That's that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's just such a such a weird story and such an out of the blue thing. But this could be something that could really have traction. Obviously, this will be a PC release only, and I believe this may be only for the time being. Yeah, I think this could easily come to consoles, including the Switch. So I think this could be a lot of fun and just all around silly, silly, silly nonsense. So. I'm looking forward to it. Essentially, yeah. So this is going to be a fun little game. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And next up in the news, Donkey Kong Cheetah Fights Back. So whoever here is familiar with the King of Kong documentary may also be familiar with Billy Mitchell. He was the guy who held the record for the highest score in Donkey Kong. Now that was beaten out by Steve Weeby, I believe his name is. Uh, in the documentary, and then it led to like some massive thing where Billy Mitchell has basically taken back his score in a sense, and it's kind of a crazy, it's it's a crazy adventure. It really is sort of a crazy adventure where it's it's interesting to see a person's journey to getting the highest score in Donkey Kong. But I believe last year Billy Mitchell's score was removed due to cheating allegations. So I'm going to read out the uh, the article here. Billy Mitchell, who previously held the highest score in, Do in the Donkey Kong arcade game, is threatening legal action against the sanctioning bodies who removed his highest scores after finding them to be illegitimate. Twin Galaxies, after a three-month investigation, found that Mitchell had used emulated versions of the game which could change con control schemes and potentially cheat. Mitchell's lawyers have spoken to both Twin Galaxies and Guinness via letter to reinstate the scores, giving them two weeks or further action will be taken. The current holder is Steve Wiebe, who is also in the King of Kong documentary. So it's not, so it feels like, yeah, this guy's just sort of overreacting, Billy Mitchell, that is. And it's, it is kind of a crazy thing that he will be possibly pursuing legal action over potentially his own scores that he cheated. It allegedly. Now, it's just, I don't know, like, it's kind of crazy that he would actually do cheat to begin with, because if you want to have that glory, you got to, like, you got to be fair about this. And I think that if Steve Wiebe is the one, like, when he beat the score, wouldn't you see that as more of a challenge to yourself to potentially regain that score other than basically cheating at the game and using emulated versions. Now, I'm not, I have no specific details on the emulator. I have no specific details on anything else like that. But it's kind of a crazy kind of thing to see that, that, he's, that he's practically cheated. And congratulations to Steve Weeby, who, who basically now holds the record. So cool. Granted, he's, uh, so, yeah. I can't speak today. I don't know what's up with me. I think Michael Transactions has really sort of been bothering me lately. 
Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel. It's really been getting to me. So, yeah, Billy Mitchell had his scores removed last year. I don't know. I don't particularly remember which time of the year it was, but now he's pursuing legal action or potentially to potentially pursuing legal action towards Twin Galaxies and Guinness for the uh, Guinness World Records book in the Gamers Edition. Overall, it's just a bit of a bit of a legal mess. I do hope that Billy Mitchell backs off of it simply because this is just a massive, like one big overreaction to the story. Like it, it really is just sort of a crazy thing that really shouldn't be happening in this day and age where it's almost like he's being a sore loser, that he can't accept that someone has beaten that score. So yeah, I do hope this has like a peaceful resolution. I do hope that um, Steve Weeby's scores still remain as the best and Billy Mitchell will still face the consequences of his of cheating at this game. So overall, a big old ugly mess, though I do recommend the King of Kong documentary. That is actually a very, very, very good documentary. And moving on to our final story... This one's kind of a big one, really. The Apple Arcade. So Apple is pursuing a games-as-a-service model, or a subscription service, if you will. During Apple's September event, which was heavily focused on the new iPhone, it also went into details about the upcoming Apple Arcade. The service will launch with 100 exclusive titles and will launch on September 19th in the US and Australia in September 20th with new games coming every month. Obviously because I can't do price priceless, I can't give you the exact information, but from what I gathered, and this is simply from my own personal opinion here, the, it, this service really isn't much to really gander at. I talked about how, like on Monday I play one, I talked about how a lot of the games that they are looking at and a lot of the exclusive games aren't really worth getting almost. It just seems like there is a, not not a lack of games. There's definitely going to be games, which, you know, if you've got a healthy supply of games, that's great. That That's what people want. And it's just... I don't know. Like, we really don't see anything that is worth... That's really worth it. Worth the price tag. Now, for me, I the only game that I could see that really sort of gives me some sense of value out of this proposition is Exit the Gungeon, which is either, I don't know, maybe a sequel or... Like, yeah, maybe it's probably a sequel, but to Enter the Gungeon, which is a fantastic game... I am terrible at it, but it's a fun little shooter. I definitely would recommend it, especially on a sale. But it's just, I don't see a lot of potential hits out of this thing. And that's kind of a disappointment because I do want this to work. Of course, I want them to succeed. Any sort of new top-of-the-line gaming service would be fantastic. But really, we just don't see much in the way of potentially... Like, who does this appeal to? Who likes the idea of Apple Arcade paying sort of a fee for essentially what is mobile games? You know, you've got like a Rayman Mini. You don't have full games. And that's one thing that Google Stadia has over the Apple Arcade in that you have full release games, games that are AAA games. 
like in Google Stadia, Assassin's Creed, Mortal Kombat, games like that. And Apple Arcade, your you know, one of your biggest games is Exit the Gungeon. Alright, cool. I'm I'm in, I guess. I don't know. But that's it. You don't really have all that much. Like a hundred games, that's great, but how many of those are gonna be hits? How many of those are going to be your your flagship games? And it's it's not really much. Like I don't see anything of value to me, besides one game, obviously, you have your, your customary one-month free trial, which, yeah, it'll give you a taste of what what is to come from Apple Arcade. It's, I don't know, like, I want it to work out. Don't get me wrong. I love games. I love gaming. And I just hope that it, it all works out for them. I do hope that people, you know, do have an interest in this, like, in this project, I guess. <laughs> It's just, man, it really isn't that much. So here we go. We've got a list of exclusives. These are, I, I would say, probably ones with a lot of focus put into it. Obviously, yes, Exit the Gungeon is sort of the bit, the big one. Sneaky Sasquatch, which I've never heard of before. Yeah, Rayman Mini, like a baseball game. And really, what else do you got? What else do you have to bring to the table? Here we, yeah, here we go. So, Ballistic Baseball from Gameloft, an action-packed arcade baseball game that captures the intense battle between pitcher and batter in live head-to-head multiplayer matches. Choo Choo Rocket Universe, Exit the Gungeon from Devolver Digital, who are a fantastic developer. Players must escape a collapsing hell dungeon as increasingly perilous obstacles and opponents stand in in the way. So, this looks like a a little bit of a platformer. Uh, Pac-Man Party, Party Royale, so we have a Pac-Man Party game, I I would assume. Uh, yeah, Rayman Mini. Rayman has been reduced to the size of an ant. Players use insects, mushrooms, and plants to run through the world as quickly as possible. We'll try over and over again to achieve the perfect score, so this seems like a runner game. Yeah, Shantae and the Seven Sirens from Wayford. Players explore a vast sunken city and battle the Seven Sirens in the half-genie's most thrilling adventure yet. So, and previously mentioned Sneaky sneaky Sasquatch from RAC7. Live the life of a Sasquatch and do regular everyday Sasquatch stuff like sneaking around in disguise, raiding coolers and picnic baskets, playing golf and more. So this this seems like sort of like an un, like untitled goose game and to some extent a Steven Universe game. I know nothing about Steven Universe. Super Impossible Road from Road Games is a futuristic high-speed racing game where players master hairpin turns on courses that twist and coil over beautiful galactic backdrops. So that might be fun. The Bradwell Conspiracy from Bossa is a is a beautifully stylized conspiracy adventure thriller with a humorous twist. Now that I could get behind. So it almost that sounds like something could be like Call of Cthulhu but funny. Like I could see that. The Enchanted World from Noodle Cake. Players help a young fairy piece together a magical world torn apart by dark forces. So, seems pretty. Uh, seems pretty generic. Okay, here we go. Yeah, here's here's some more. The service will feature games from Clay Entertainment, Invisible Mark, Invisible Ink, Mark of the Ninja, Us Two Games, Snowman, Mistwalker Corporation, Lego and Lego and a giant. Oh, so sorry. These are developers. Sorry. So yeah, Lego games and Giant Squid. Giant Squid are quite a very like I like Giant Squid games, and yeah. So 
like we could see some we could see some fun games on here, but definitely none that I would consider a system seller overall. So yeah, that about wraps it up for the news. Let's uh, let's carry on to the releases, shall we? We've got quite a lot to go through actually. Starting off with September nineteenth. Devil May Cry 2. Now, I have never played Devil May Cry 2. I have played the first one, and a very difficult game. I hear that this one's not very good, or not as good. That'll be releasing for the Switch September 20th. Now, this is going to be quite a big day. Like, this is a really, really big day, actually. So, first up for the Switch, Zelda Link's Awakening. I will be, I will definitely be picking this one up as soon as I saw the initial trailer down at, I believe, the, um, it was the March Direct, I want to say, the March Nintendo Direct, I was interested, and then obviously when they showed off gameplay at the, at the E3 Direct in June this year, it looked fantastic, I definitely want to give it a go, uh, on, also on September 20th, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, now I definitely don't know this game, I am no Nino Kuni expert, that is also coming to the Switch, uh, also, on September 20th, Untitled Goose Game, the long-awaited and long-anticipated game where you play as a goose who's a bit of a dick to everyone. That'll be coming to PC via the Epic Games Store and Switch. So, quite an interesting game, this one. I I do want to pick it up and I do want to play it just because it seems so silly. Like, it seems so silly that <laughs> I don't know what to think of it, really. It's kind of... It's going to be kind of a weird but very interesting game. I don't know what the premise is other than you're a goose and you annoy people doing just just taking part in their everyday life. That's that's pretty much it. The Sojourn will be coming to PC, PS4 and Xbox also on September 20th. I don't really know much about that one, but this one I definitely do know a lot about. September 20th, Tetris 99, the physical edition. So... For the past year, Tetris 99, yeah, I would say for the past year, I think it might be for the past year. Actually, no. No, this year, I believe. Tetris 99 is a very, very fun take on Tetris. So if you're unfamiliar with it, it is Tetris Battle Royale. So it is you versus 99 other players, sorry, 98 other players, and you have to basically uh, go through lines, send them to other players, you take them down by basically just sending them to the top of it and it's really fun really hard especially if you're you know not as good as tetris because there are some absolutely just monster players out there just destroying me every time i play this game so the physical edition will also come alongside the nintendo like i believe a year's subscription to the nintendo online service so gives you access to the nes super nes games plus online multiplayer and cloud saves. So that, that'll be an interesting one. I wonder if that'll sell well. I definitely do hope it does, because Tetris 99 is a fantastic game. It also comes out with a lot of the, I believe most, if not all, of the DLC, or maybe do it via updates, who knows. And also coming on September 20th, the Switch Lite console, if you will. We have a release of a console, the Switch Lite. I, I am, I'm not going to get one, per se, simply because my Switch is perfectly fine as it is I prefer you know removing the joy cons for games and especially for that really comfortable joy con grip controller but it'll be really interesting to just kind of see how it'll sell it'll definitely it'll definitely do well I definitely believe it'll do a fantastic 
job, especially in time for Christmas where people are going to want, you know, people are going to want switches and this provides a great cheaper alternative and hopefully soon we get a Switch Pro. Now, the one thing I am a little bit concerned with is with the Switch Lite is the joysticks, especially with Joy-Con Drift. Lately, I have been experiencing quite a bit of that. My right Joy-Con, both my pink and red ones, are suffering from drift issues. Thankfully, a lot of the games I have don't necessarily need them, but with first-person games and a lot of uh, sort of action-adventure games like, say, Skyrim or potentially The Witcher 3, which will utilize the right stick, it is a bit of a pain in the buttocks, if I say so myself. So, yes, the Switch Lite coming out September 20th, with some Pokemon editions, I believe, coming out later or potentially the same day so that's going to be pretty cool and yet yeah, the previously mentioned apple arcade will be releasing on september 20th in australia so if you're interested and if you're interested in digitally owning your game well not really owning your games digitally but yeah having a games as a service kind of thing this will be up right up your alley personally i like my games physical september 24th this is actually going to be quite a uh, quite another big day really we have baldur's gate enhanced edition for ps4 switch and xbox and baldur's gate 2 enhanced edition for pc ps4 and xbox 2 two sequels i don't know much about the baldur's gate series it's definitely popular enough to have remasters on switch and also, the a new Baldur's Gate coming to Google Stadia as well, and coming in, also coming out on September twenty fourth, Cat Quest two. Now, I have actually played the first Cat Quest, and this is a fantastic game. I love Cat Quest. It is just a silly, fun RPG, like action hack and slash RPG, where you play as a cat. It is extremely fun, extremely silly. But god damn, is it so cute seeing all the little kitty cats just running around having so much fun. God damn, it is fantastic. It's a really fun game. Not a massively long game. For me, for my playthrough of Cat Quest, it took me maybe took me maybe not 10 hours. Maybe just short of 10 hours. But still a fantastic game, nevertheless coming out on September 24th, Jedi Knight Outcast 2. This is a game that was announced on the Nintendo Direct this month, actually. And it was kind of interesting to see something that not many people expected to see. I definitely will be picking this up simply because I, I've never heard of this game and I'm definitely interested in trying it out. And obviously having a Star Wars game that's not made by EA is fantastic, always, nevertheless. Yes, EA will not be touching this one. Michael Transactions himself will not be here. He's he's really disappointed. I can see him just sort of being angry at himself because he didn't infest this game because he didn't have the EA magic. Remember that? The EA magic. So, yeah, that ain't happening. Also, on September 24th, Dead by Daylight to the Switch. Now, I've really wanted to play it for quite a long time. I know it's been over, it's been around for quite a while, actually. Quite a while. And it's definitely something that I would be interested in. That 4v1 sort of capture the victims or have the victims escape, almost. So, that'll be, cool. that'll be very interesting to to experience. That'll be coming out on the Switch. I should say, yes, Cat Quest is coming out for the PC. The Surge 2 coming out on September 24th for PC, PS4, and Xbox. Now, I am very familiar with The Surge. It is essentially Dark Souls, but with a 
but with a futuristic theme. It definitely seems like that, but it definitely looks like a lot of fun, but also very difficult. I am also someone that gave up on Dark Souls, so who am I to talk about difficult games? And finally, the previously mentioned, I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good simulator. This is going to be a blast coming to PC. I hope it comes to the Switch at some point. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this game. That is going to be a fantastic... That's going to be a ride. That's going to be an adventure. That'll be a fun adventure. Now, moving on, what happened on this day in gaming? That's right, September 18th. Well, this one's quite recent because it only happened last year. Nintendo Switch Online launched in the United States. Obviously, Australia, we got that the day after on the 19th, but in the US, it launched on the 18th. I am I'm not necessarily the biggest supporter of the Nintendo Online app. Now, I do believe that this like this sort of this subscription service is rather, I don't know, it's not egregious as it used to be, especially now that you've got the Super Nintendo games uh, on the on the on the app. Now, when this launched, you had cloud saves which probably should have been in there from the very 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 beginning. And then you've got online multiplayer which we had for free and finally a bunch of dinky NES games now to be fair the NES games at launch I was actually quite excited for it because simply I had never played a I had never played NES games in my entire life so this was this was a new experience for me and something different which I can very much appreciate that. These games range from typical sports games, which is nothing special, to, you know, the, the classics like Mario. God, I believe the first Metroid was later added, actually. I, what else was there on release? i gotta, I got to check up. Uh, yeah, that's right. River City Ransom. That was sort of the one that I played a little bit of. And, like, the other ones were just sort of there. Really wasn't much in that regard. And then monthly, they sort of drip-fed us more NES games. A lot of them people didn't care about. The Super Nintendo games were added in the September Direct with no extra charge, which was fantastic. I thought it was great. We've got Super Mario Kart for the first, well, for my first time, which was pretty damn cool, being able to play that game without ever having a chance to play it beforehand. So yeah, good on Nintendo for that, but the online system when it first launched, it was rather rubbish, if you ask me. So, yeah, that's what happened in gaming on this day. And finally, finally, let's let's talk about the penthouse or the outhouse. Now, oh boy, we got ourselves a, an interesting choice here. South Park Rally. That's right. That's exactly what it sounds like. A South Park kart racer where you have practically every franchise trying to replicate Mario Kart. Now, some did it well, like Crash Bandicoot. Some didn't do it as well, like Nickelodeon Kart Racers, which had a recent, not a re-release, but definitely a sequel, but also not a sequel, last year, which was rather rubbish. And this was one of them. South Park Rally came out in 2000 for the Nintendo 64, PC, and PlayStation 1. Now, I have the PS1 version. Forgot to bring my physical copy, but that's okay. And I remember playing this as a young kid. 
Now, I don't, that, that, that may have been poor parenting on my parents' choice, but I remember it's one of those games where you swore by in your childhood that they were good. You had so much nostalgia, so much like, so much good little feelings inside about the game when you were a kid. You know, you really had fun with it, which is, which is really, really crazy because <laughs> this game really isn't that good at all. That's the crazy thing. I bought this at a gaming market, my first ever gaming market I went to, and I think I got it for less than a Funko Pop. That is how I'm going to do the scale on the next checkpoint. If you are a listener of Player One, you will definitely get the reference there. And essentially, the opening sequence, which had the sort of South Park title sequence, all done in 3D. Which is which was pretty cool. All in the um anim- like all in the models, which I thought was pretty cool. We definitely don't see that in South Park games today. I thought it was actually pretty funny. And it was just it was nice to sort of talk about the game. Like it was sort of nice to relive the game at first. It's also nice to talk about the game, but also not nice because this game is hot garbage. Or garbage. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a it's been a long day. I'm rather tired. I have not had my cup of coffee today. And essentially, South Park Rally is not great. Now, besides the opening title sequence, which is fun, silly, you know, it it, it is South Park. You really can't go wrong with that opening. And the game itself really isn't good. The controls feel slippy and slidey. Now, you can make the argument that yes, they live in like a snowy town which yeah you can sort of make the the argument for that but it doesn't excuse the controls feeling terrible now you have a vast selection of characters some you have to unlock by playing through the modes you have like sort of a single race kind of thing and sort of like a championship which takes you through i believe 11 stages and each of them each unlock is done through playing each of the characters and all that and you have a bunch of unlocks like a bunch of unlockable characters, and you start off with the usuals. You know, you got uh, Stan, Kyle, Cartman, Kenny, Chef, Officer Bar Brady, and I believe Jimbo. There may be one or two more that I haven't remembered, but I do remember, however, unlocking Mr. Garrison and Mr. Hat, which was kind of funny. But what really sort of... Well, it was the real kicking point for me in this one was the power-ups. To make a great kart racer, you need power-ups. And power-ups from the show make it that much better. That is definitely my philosophy for a great kart racer. Now, you have some that definitely relate to the show. You've got Cheesy Poofs. You've got Stan's dog, Sparky. You have a bunch of others. But one of them, one of them is very... um. It, it it breaks me every time I think about it. So if you have children, please, you know, keep them away from the podcast just for a few minutes. Because this is about to get old. Bring all the old XXX rating on this. One of the power-ups is herpes. That's right. Herpes. Your character can get and give to other characters the herpa hepa hiv. This is um this is definitely a a power-up that I definitely won't ever see in a kart racer again. And I def- I do- I definitely remember the reference to it, but oh my god, when I first- I never noticed this when I was a kid. 
Granted, you're a kid. You don't know what this stuff means. And then as an adult, as a full-grown adult playing this game for the first time and seeing what it does, it, it basically acts as like the ink from Mario Kart, like the squid ink. It'll throw it at you and block your screen. Like, not block it, but like distort your screen sort of and makes it difficult to sort of know where you're going. This leaves a rat, like a rash or a scab on your character's screen for the entire race. And it was... I had to look through the manual to sort of figure out how this... Like, figure out the power-ups, because I didn't know it at first. And when I read through it, I'm like, Oh my god. Oh my god, what? That... No! No, that is terrible. Why? Why would you do that, South Park? Why would you do that? (laughs) And obviously, it is South Park. You're going to expect that, but... Holy moly, was that an interesting experience. And this game, it's it's terrible. This game, I couldn't find a Metacritic score for it. Instead, I went to GameSpot, which they had a 3.3 out of 10 on this game. So you really know that this game is hot garbage. And I mean, it is absolute, absolutely dreadful to the point where even the creators themselves, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, criticized the game. They did lend their voices to it for characters, and they criticized the game. And it's really... It really is sort of the hallmark. This game is a disappointment. It is terrible, and it has one of the worst power-ups you will ever, 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 ever ever experience. Thankfully nowadays we have a we have had a great resurgence in South Park games with the Stick of Truth and Fractured Butthole. Both are fantastic games. Highly recommend Stick of Truth if you have if you want to experience the best of the two. I definitely believe it is the funnier one with the better theme overall. So yeah, South Park Rally you are going straight into that outhouse. You are joining Shadow Man in that so Get your, get your, imagine it, pretend I'm holding the case here, I'm about to footy kick it. There we go, right back in there. There you go, straight into the outhouse. With all that out of the way, we will be closing up shop on the next checkpoint today. If you want to uh, find us on the social medias, please check us out on the Facebooks at facebook.com forward slash the next checkpoint. And if you want to uh, listen to the show... We will be on Omni and Google Podcasts, hopefully with more on the way relatively soon. So yeah, hope you all have a wonderful week, and don't play South Park Rally, because if you do, you're going to end up in the outhouse. (laughs) Have a great week, everyone. Have a great time. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye.